The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. and drums, you know it's time for the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, powered by Evergy. Join us as we explore the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship in Wichita. Learn from local business leaders and owners on how they have built and grown their companies and the challenges and opportunities they met along the way. Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens Ajibalande. Welcome to another edition of the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, powered by Evergy, where small business get to tell their story. Eck Fabrications in the house, E. Yes, Eck Fabrication. We have Ethan Eck in the house with us today. Tell us a little bit about who you are, Ethan, and a little bit about your business. Well, hey, I'm uh, glad to be here. Excited for this opportunity. Uh, I am from Kingman, Kansas. Uh, I started the manufacturing business in 2013. I uh, grew up on a family farm and uh, got into hot rods and cars at a young age and thought I'd go off and do that. Went to school, but ended up back on the family farm and knew how to, to weld and fabricate and uh, started to tinker. And that's how I invented the Kimblade product which is what kicked off the business. Very nice. You tinkered and you used to make weld car parts or what What did you used to make when you were younger before you got into this? Uh, so I got into cars and in that I decided to go to technical school instead of college. And I went to WyoTech in Laramie, Wyoming. So that was a little bit mm. of a change from Kingman, Kansas. And I uh, went primarily for our automotive and then specifically for motorsport chassis fabrication. So they, oh. they basically give you a baseline education to get into building frames or components for any form of race car, dune buggy, whatever it be. And you began this journey in 2019 or what, what year for uh, uh, Kimblade? Uh, 2013. 13, sorry. Yeah. So you've been at it for some time. Yes. Yeah, We uh, I started in the back corner of the farm shop. Um, so it was humble beginnings there. But now we're in a 5,000 square foot facility. Wow. And I uh, got a couple employees and CNC How many employees? machines. Uh, two full-time and then a couple of part-time. And they are they all from uh, the Kingman area? or? Uh, yes. Uh, one is from Kingman and one is from a real small town of Willowdale. Willowdale? Yeah. Where's that? That would be southwest of Kingman. They have five residents, maybe. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're we're a small town, rural community, you know. And Kingman's only, I think, thirty five hundred or four thousand people. Mm-hmm. Yep. The other other part time, we got one that's a young cattleman. Uh, he puts full focus on his cattle, but in all of his free time, he he shows up and is is ready to work. Very nice. Tell us something about your business that people might not know. Oh boy. Um, I think we'd be one of a kind in Kingman County. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's for sure. With with 
Japanese CNC machines in the middle of a grass field, basically. <laughs> I can uh, picture that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're you know, um, we try to get into technology and use that as a strength in what we do. And, and that's just a little less common, our kind of technologies in a, a rural ag community. So we, we make things that are, are not very common uh, locally. Predominantly, most of our business has been in the other ag regions of the country and not so much our, our home court necessarily. What about Wyoming? I'm still stuck on that. Why did you go to a tech school in Wyoming? What did they offer that you felt you had to have? Mainly was the, the motorsports chassis fabrication, that, that side of it. There's not too many schools that got into that. It's one of those things that it's, it's hard to find a, a formal education for. I knew that I, I wouldn't necessarily be fit for a, a traditional college and that when I was in high school, my senior year was five hours of shop class and I think mm. I had two normal classes. So I was, you know, it was all about the hands-on learning and the visual type learning. Uh, but while I was there, I also took applied service management, which basically is a business management. Uh, you think of going in to get your car repaired. You know, there's all those administrative tasks. Uh, so they'd give us a baseline of that. It, it was a good structured uh, education, though. You know, we had to have our shirts tucked in, had to have a tie every day. Oh, wow. Mine may have been Whoa. a zipper tie, but I wore a tie every day. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, you had to shave and do the whole credit card trick on your cheek. Um, so uh, they tried to instill, you know, proper business like, hey, show up, be wow. respectful. That is and, uh, unheard of. Yeah. Um, day. <laughs> now, when you get into the automotive classes, then we're all wearing a button-up shirt and you okay. can get dirty, but right. they still carried on, you know, had to wear a belt. You know, simple things like that, that, you know, if you, if you don't get the education, you might go into the job place and miss out on five little things that could help you. Now, I'm looking at, I believe it came out of a Kimblade box, so I take it that's the Kimblade that I'm looking at over there? Yes, so this would be a Kimblade original. Help us understand what does it do? I see, I know we're on radio. Well, not radio. We're on podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at, look like an upside down stool <laughs> with, with three legs. Help us understand or help our audience understand what it does. What does it solve for your customer? Oh, yes. Yeah. It's uh, when it's not in its given environment, it's very abstract looking. It's, okay. It's, uh, um, and when it is in its environment, it's really hard to take a picture of. Yeah. <laughs> it's really? just sort of difficult. Um, but what a Kimblade does is the modern agricultural farmer or sprayer operator, uh, the person going out there and spraying crop fields for bugs or weeds, uh, disease, whatever that be, uh, their chemicals come in concentrate form. So they'll have um, 10 really small containers, one to two gallons a piece plastic jugs um, that they'll mix with, say, a 1,000 gallons of water to make one load. And they'll go out and they'll spray the crop. And depending on what they're spraying, they might have to fill up the sprayer eight to 10 times a day. Well, in that, farmers are always in a hurry nonetheless. But with spraying, you have to worry about weather conditions, um, moisture, wind, all kinds of variables. So they're in an especially hurry. What the Kimblade does is when they're trying to take the chemical from that concentrate jug and get it into their system for mixing and going into the sprayer, instead of taking the cap off of the jug 
And the, the foil seal, it's very similar to like ketchup mm-hmm. and pouring the jug and glugging it and, and doing this on a potentially windy day. Um, instead, instead of taking that long process with a Kim blade, they simply grab the jug, throw the bottom of the jug down onto the knife. It splays it open. We can empty the jug almost instantly. And then we have a, a rinse head in position built into the knife. Uh, that when they apply water, it'll wash out the inside of the jug. Wow. That's all so, on this right all, here. All on this, you know, it's just a simple stainless steel structure. You know, the, the blades are very sharp. What we do is we take a process that could take like a minute and we chop it down to about 10 seconds, uh, 15 seconds. We make it more convenient. Uh, we save the chemical out of the bottom of the jug. Uh, we enable them to recycle. Because to recycle, you have to clean the container. The right, recyclers are right. concerned about their personnel. Um, so we do all these little things that add up, and, and we can add value. Uh, you know, being a $600, $700 item, we can add value to that $400,000 sprayer that's traveling around in the field. Uh, so we can make a big impact uh, with the tool. That's impressive. <laughs> wow. Did you come up with that? I mean, or? Yeah, how it came to exist. So I can't say I'm the first one to cut a plastic jug with a knife. Okay. <laughs> um, we've actually found there were some patents in the 70s. Um, you know, people were trying things, but they never necessarily commercialized it. For, for you know, for our beginnings, there was one other company making a knife, but it, it was very dated and it wasn't capable and it, it didn't do these extra features or wasn't accessible or compatible uh, for farmers to adapt to all their given systems. So what I did was I came up with a more capable and performing system and made it easily, more easily adaptable to what the farmer already has. And, and that's how we started the company with Kimblade Original. Wow. So how do you, how do you market that to your customers? <laughs> I mean, whether, yeah, how do you market that? Social media? Yeah, yeah. And I, I could make that into a really long answer, so I'll try to <laughs> chop it down for you. So Please. in the beginning, I started with the bed of the pickup and <laughs> cold calling farmers and sprayer operators and, and trying to get there, you know, went to the state fair. That small business, you know, where do I, how do I find the fit to make sales? Right. You know? And it took things like that. You know, I met the president of one of our largest dealers at the state fair. He was just walking around with his wife. So it wasn't like a, a sales opportunity that landed that one, but it was the effort that landed it. Okay. But then we progressed to uh, basically being armed with a cell phone and an email. Uh, we built a dealer network. We had been about 25 to 35 companies in total, I think, we peaked at about 80 some locations. Um, we'd go from Florida to Montana to Arizona. Uh, we got into Canada just a tiny bit. But basically by talking over the phone and emailing, uh, we built a dealer network and barely met any of them in person ever. But we were able to use that along with marketing materials like a basic brochure, you know, PDF, uh, a simple two-minute video. Mm-hmm. We just used all these little things that we could piece together uh, to start to build that. And once you get into a dealer's catalog and their their salesmen get accustomed to it, then it really helps the, the momentum to keep up. Interesting. Uh, That's awesome. So when you traveled, did you take that piece with you, the blade, and put it in a box, put it in the back of the truck, and go? So, yeah, back in the, the really beginnings when I did travel with the pickup bed scenario, 
uh, we joked that it looked like Dorothy out of the movie Twister. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. As, okay. Yeah, I had the pickup truck. We had the round tank in the bed of the truck, and there's hoses and plumbing hanging. Mm-hmm. And I could show up, and I figured out a specific method to where almost every farmer would ask me if I needed help. But I would use my whole body, and I'd lift a tank in and out of the bed of the truck, and I'd have a little display stand with running water. Uh, so I could actually make the unit function in front of them. One one big piece of making Kimblade work is a Kimblade by itself, and I, and I had to bring one today. It, it's hard to tell what it is, but if you bring a plastic jug, then you can really help piece the two processes together. Well, to get plastic jugs that are clean is more difficult and expensive than you'd think. So I was fortunate enough to find companies that would actually clean their jugs to recycle them. I would get them from them for free and clean them up, you know, wipe the sides down, fill them full of water, and I'd basically have sacrificial jugs for all of the displays. Mm-hmm. So I could run at least jugs of water. That's neat. Uh, Every small business story is yeah, different. That's, <laughs> I love it. This wow. is fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and I'm curious, and I know I'm taking over a lot of Don's time, no, but, <laughs> I, you know, what are most of your sales, you know, now that you're in these catalogs and um, you get these national sales, are most of your sales local, regional, or national? What would you, what's the percentage or breakdown? And you don't have to tell me the exact percentage. But. Oh, yeah. that. Um, so that goes back to that long answer I had. So technically right now, I'll step back a little bit. We licensed the Kimblade technology in uh, 2019. So we're into a relationship there it's, uh, with another Kansas manufacturer, uh, Surefire Ag Systems, from another small town, Atwood, Kansas. Um, but we licensed the technology to them because of their sales strength. Going back to my story, you know, armed with a cell phone and an email. Mm-hmm. Well, they're armed with teams of inside sales and outside sales and traveling, all that. So we've actually licensed the technology and handed off those those roles for it, uh, the sales. Um, but to to iterate on on your specific question, the majority of sales is what we call the Corn Belt, uh, like Illinois, Iowa, Nebraska, that Midwestern strong agricultural region. Uh, so in that, that's, that's the most, uh, Kansas does have a pretty good presence. Um, the other areas of interest though, is California, uh, the Northwest, and then, uh, far in the South, the cotton industry uses a pretty good amount of chemicals to keep the cotton plants, uh, cotton fields clean. And now we have different Kimblade models. So this is, this is the original, but I can't keep track. We have the ES, the Caddy several other models, mm-hmm. and some of them emphasize more safety in different aspects, and we'll have different excitement in different geographical areas depending on what how it functions. That's pretty awesome. So, you know, now that you've kind of shared where um, y- your sales are and the different models that you use, how do you set goals for your business? Initially, we just genuinely approached it as looking for the problem and then how we, like in the process for the end user, what is their problem? How can we create the solution? How can we effectively repeat that solution in a, in a manufacturable form mm-hmm. and, and then pursue selling it? Um, so it's more of a initial problem focus is how we, uh, how we try to adapt to the market. 
And, and as we've went, we just basically talking to customers, we'd learn, okay, they're having difficulty with this. Or, you know, we'd sell hundreds of originals. And, and through those, we'd learn about, okay, this is how we develop our Kimblade Caddy product for partial jugs. Uh, with originals, we're doing the full jug. Um, and that's how we just naturally progress the product line. Um, and now with, with Surefire Ag Systems as our, our licensee, they have a automated bulk chemical system. So basically when you have large containers and you just need to measure small amounts out of them, they had a very advanced uh, system they've had on the market for some time, uh, works really well. And we saw our Kimblade ES technology marrying with that really well, like they, mm -hmm. they served each other. So we, we keep an eye for things like that and how the technology naturally fits. And that's what drives our, our business direction. That's, that's interesting. And with those new, uh, you know, partnerships, do you guys, so as you uh, came into 2021, did you set any metrics saying, okay, for this, the caddy, we want to have a 20% increase in sales or, um, you know, talk to us a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah, that one's been a pretty exciting one. So we licensed in 2019. So as we prepared, you know, everybody's trying to figure out what goes where and how this works. And, and we put together uh, estimates for what they could achieve in 2020. You know, it's a whole new sales team. It's a whole new process. Well, then, as you guys know, COVID sort of happened in 2020. And mm -hmm. so we don't, we don't know what to really expect there. Um, you know, with their really weird environment. So 2021, we've, we've set metrics again, trying to be a little bit more conservative, um, being that we're trailing 2020. Uh, but... Ag right now is doing with commodity prices and things doing well. It, it, there does seem to be a pretty good energy in the industry. Um, so I'm hoping that can maintain and that we can get some normalcy back so we can, because with, without normalcy, it's it's hard to estimate. Mm -hmm. um, in combination with that, we, Surefire was not only excited for the products that we'd had on the market for years and had proven and built the name with, uh, we had products that we had just came to market with, you know, six months, eight months before they licensed. And we also had new products on the way. We were just, our strength was really good at figuring out what the problems were and coming up with a solution. As a small business, we struggled with the sales portion. Gotcha. You know, we just didn't have the manpower. Mm -hmm. Well, now with them, they're excited for that. They're like, hey, let's just keep them coming. Just at the right pace and we'll, we'll get them out there. So trying to nestle into that still. Yeah. That, that's exciting times. I can yeah. see the big smile on your face as you were talking <laughs> yeah. about that. I love it. Yeah. Everyone, we are here with Ethan Eck from Eck Fabrications. We're going to go in for a short break right now, and we'll be back to finish his story. Severe weather. Whether it's hail, wind, rain, or snow, storms can cause damages, inconveniences, and sometimes even power outages. At Evergy, we're committed to providing safe, reliable energy. And in the event of an outage, our linemen work tirelessly to restore your power as quickly and as safely as possible. And with tools like our outage map and real-time updates, we're with you every step of the way. Visit Evergy.com slash stay safe to learn more. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Success for our members, leadership for our community, and prosperity for our region. We need your input to continue to improve the business environment in Kansas and to ensure the success of our members. See wichitachamber.org for more information. 
To provide us input about this podcast series, send an email to communications at wichitachamber.org with your questions, comments, and suggestions for the business leaders we should feature and important topics we should address. Welcome back, everyone. We are here for the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, and we are here with Ethan Eck from Eck Fabrication. We were having a wonderful and delightful conversation about his company and learning everything that he's doing in Kingman, Kansas, with these great big pieces of machinery that's uh, in the middle of the field, as he explained earlier. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm curious to know, you know, you talked about how you went about selling the the product and getting the word out about the things that you do. Talk to us about some of the resources that you use to tell your story and to connect with other businesses. Um, resources like the chamber or resources like networking things. What do you use? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm a part. I'm part of the WMA, the Wichita Manufacturers Association. Mm-hmm. Um, really enjoy. Uh, that organization, that is just a natural community way of networking with, with other manufacturers. You know, the, the topic is just obvious and it's just really easy. Um, you get someone's phone number and you can develop conversation. You never know where that can lead. Uh, so that's, that's served me really well. Um, I was fortunate in the beginning, we won an innovation contest through Successful Farming Magazine. Oh, nice. And, and part of that, part of the award was uh, there in Iowa, we had a, a small event and they took us to a local manufacturer that was in a small town, Iowa. And we got to sit down with, with, the, with the family. It was brothers and a father, you know, it was a family operation, it was like 100 employees, so a decent sized place. And I just distinctly remember uh, Luke sitting across the table and he's like, as a small business, he's like, I encourage you to Google it. He's like, you're just going to run into so many things. He's like, a lot of people, they think they have to reach out to find that answer. And he's like, if you just Google it a couple times, you might find the company that you need to call and you'll just be one step ahead. Yeah. And for some reason that stuck with me. So I, I can be pretty uh, vicious with Google search. Like I'll do the same search 75 times over with different verbiage every time. Mm-hmm. I might stumble across another small business that's in Missouri or some random place that's Oh, that's a fit. That's what I need right there. Um, so I'll, I'll function things like that. And then to, to add on to that type of networking, I take a really lax approach with the timing of networking. And in that, if someone, if I have someone on the phone, I've called the company, I coincidentally get one of the owners because it's lunchtime and none of their sales guys are there. Yeah. If they're a chatty Kathy and they want to talk for 35 minutes, I'll talk for 35 minutes because it you don't know what's going to happen in minute 25 until you get there. Right. And I had a conversation just like this the other day, and it might need be a new opportunity um, for a side product. So I take that lax approach so I can always give the time for networking. Mm-hmm. And if I have to work four more hours at the end of the day because I, I took time with everybody, well, hey, it, it might be a puzzle piece that enables me to make a move It's much bigger than that one day. Totally worth it, right? So, yeah, I just, I see a lot of other businesses and a lot of entrepreneurs, they they get in such a hurry. And I catch myself at times, you know, when things get hectic, you get in a hurry and it's hard to be patient. And I found patience. Yeah, patience. Nice. What's challenging about operating in the Wichita region? 
Because I thought I heard you say most of your business is in Iowa, Nebraska, Illinois, maybe a little bit in Kansas. I mean, does that cause, is that a challenge? Not not so much with the um, day-to-day business of shipping goods necessarily. You know, we're just close enough that we can logistically get it there. Um, it has been sort of a disconnect as far as being able to access the various uh, ag events like farm shows, dealers, things like that. You know, if we if we were in the middle of Iowa, yeah, it might have been easier to hit more of our dealers. But I take pride in, in the hometown. Um, my wife and I are planting our flag in Kingman. We're staying there. I'm going to build it. the business there. Yes. Um, you know, we've been encouraged to, to move to different places, you know, different metropolises. But uh, we really like Wichita. Um, the to, to go into answering your question, the, the challenges with working here. We're, I come to Wichita several days a week. Uh, we try to use as many vendors or resources as we can in Wichita and connections. Uh, but specifically being in a small town, Kingman, what we run into is when you try to find labor, um, you know, it's just a much smaller pool to pick from. And then you have to handle drives and different aspects like mm-hmm. that. So th- that it's been difficult. Uh, to find high quality labor, I've I've been fortunate to tap into some locals that are that are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the people are what make the company, but it, it is a challenge. And, and as in growth, I see that. Um, but I, I think holding to our values and that hometown value that uh, that'll it'll work out. With that being said, what can the chamber do to help you besides? Uh, Wichita Manufacturers, I think there's a partnership there. What else can the chamber do to help you succeed? You know, events like this. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's just like how hard you, is you it is to hear that, Angie. <laughs> the podcast <laughs> is popping. Yeah, yeah there's, yeah, there's uh, you know, like I, this is my first podcast. Yeah, I've never, what? I've never <laughs> listened to a podcast even. Okay. Um, I'd like to get into it. I've, I've heard that it's enjoyable. I th- what the chamber is doing like this, this is perfect. You know, driving small businesses across the board is how you help other small businesses. Mm-hmm. And I think what they're what they're doing is genuine and it's going to work because, I don't know, I get, I get stubborn too. You know, it's like, oh, I need to buy this component. I don't want to go downtown and pay triple or quadruple the amount for it because it's downtown. Mm-hmm. I'll order it and let it show up from wherever in a couple of days. And then I start catching myself like, no, like that's convenient, but... I, I need I need to support the other small businesses and, and share that load of of efficiency in manufacturing and you know trying to be lean mm-hmm. along with right. help the neighbor down the road and then when you need help they're there and I think our society sort of blocked it out there for a little while and I think small businesses just got sort of put in the shadows of of online and whatever else it be uh, but I see that coming back and I see what the chamber does sort of instills that it's front lines community it's not uh-huh. that social media post of somewhere a thousand miles away right, right. it's right here building community and supporting small business yeah exactly what do you do to unwind it seemed like you i mean you're always thinking about the next kimblade oh yeah <laughs> i i live eat and breathe work uh-huh. and, uh, uh my wife's pretty tough yeah she puts up with it you know every <laughs> day of the week all weekend whenever um, but what I do to unwind is video games. Video you know? games, like what type? Uh, I typically play shooting games, so mm-hmm. very, very fast-paced games. What that does for me is 
it occupies me so much, I can't think about anything else. Okay. Um, I get sort of, you know, with work and everything, you get so wound up and you're thinking about everything. And it, it's hard to find a task that you can do and not think about not anything think. else. How long is a video game session of yours? Oh, uh, just like eight hours. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, typically about three or four hours. Like I'll do it like um, from nine o'clock to midnight. Mm -hmm. So is it with friends or just on your own or do you have I, the headset and you're connected? Oh, yeah. I do. I do the headset and the wife and the dog are wondering what's going yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, but no, try to try to connect with friends when I can. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, we, we call them randos. You know, it's a random person. <laughs> but you can have some that don't have a mic, some that you'll carry a conversation with. I was talking to a couple of, I call them good old boys. You could tell they had a heavy <laughs> accent. <laughs> they were from Georgia, and they worked at a, a plate rolling factory, and they worked oh. with steel all day long. And it's sort of like, you know, hey, <laughs> you're relaxing at the end of the day, too. <laughs> Very nice. Very cool. So as we're wrapping up, Ethan, um, I'm interested to to know, and I know you're, you know, you've been in the game since 2013. You got some licensing going in 2019. Where do you see your organization five years from now? Five years from now? Um, what I would like to be doing five years from now is some big research and development projects. Okay. Um, we uh, used uh, Kansas Manufacturing Solutions, KMS. We did a strategic planning through them. Actually did it here in the same room, <laughs> but the chamber is kind the of... The Evergy room. <laughs> in the Evergy room, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that was in early 2020 and um, did that to, you know, to figure out, you know, where do I want to be? Where do we want the company to be? Uh, so we're striving to be a small scale uh, manufacturers and we're not, we're not aiming for big production runs, but we want our specialty to be in research and development of new products. Uh, mm. And either that be it for ourselves, which is what I'd like to see in five years as we have our next big, big project going, um, but also for other people. You know, like we can solve problems and we're better at that than spending our time making the same thing. Right. You know, our, our strong suit. So, mm -hmm. real quick, would you stay in agriculture? Uh, we, we have a strength in agriculture um, just because. My main guy, he grew up on a family farm as well, a small family farm, so we just have a distinct background. Uh, but, no, we do look at other industries. <laughs> just cap on that, you know, I could do inventions all day long in different industries from, from a dog bed idea to uh, an idea for cotton plants to uh, firearms. You know, we're, there's no, we're not nestled into one industry. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll be watching the wife cook and try to think, like, how could I make that easier? Because this tastes really good, and I want you to cook it again. Mm -hmm. I want it to be easier on you. <laughs> very nice. nice. That's very, cool. Very nice. So is there anyone in your industry that you would say you you admire? You know, don't usually think of it. Being an inventor and, and specifically looking at that and besides the manufacturing, the engineering, but just inventor, that's mm -hmm. a really small industry to pluck from. Um there's a lot of inventors out there, but just nobody knows who any of them are. Mm -hmm. There's sort of a silent, silent industry that happens. Uh, but like Elon Musk is one. You know, it's 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 hard to not admire the brawn that he's doing and, and what he's trying to do and the scale. Um, for me, I I don't want thousands of employees. You know, it's 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 a different style. Right. Uh, but I admire how he's courageous against industries that are there. 
but then I also look at that other people and and not so much admire in a, a business sense because I don't I don't mesh or match there, but in a, a craftsman sense. Right. Yeah. So inventing, I've came up with the thought in my head, I have to balance the businessman and how much business work I'm doing during the day and how much craftsman I am. So I can mm. maintain that. Because if I lose the craftsman, then the inventor goes away and mm-hmm. and yeah. So so in that, um, you know, he's not not the most popular character, but like Jesse James down in Texas. He's doing custom bikes, mm-hmm. custom metalworking. And it's more of that genuine craftsman, you know, old old fashioned morals type. Yeah. I try to mix that with the Elon Musk spaceship for a okay. good combination. Uh-huh. <laughs> Meet wow. right in the middle. Wow. Yeah. Just yeah. like the state of Kansas. Right in right the middle. In the middle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's perfect. What do you think, um, I guess, the best advice that anyone has ever given you that you've implemented? Can you share a story about uh, that? Yeah. I know I've, I've had some great advice. Um, with, with Kim Blade, I had a, a fantastic partner. I have a fantastic partner, uh, local Wichita man, Ralph Lagergren. And I just learned a, a huge amount from him. And I can't, I know there's stories and there's specific points I could point out, but right now I can't pull them off the top of my head. But just overall, it was like, if, if you approach work that you genuinely care, um, honest, straight, you know, just, just shoot them straight. Mm-hmm. Look somebody in the eye when you shake their hand. Yeah. That, that, those types of things. And, and to, to have pride in your workmanship on, on the what's going out the door, the physical items. I've found that I've looked at a lot of different manufacturers and different companies, and it's pride is that single piece that nothing else can replace. There's, there's a lot of other items you can switch and move around, but if you have pride in your work, it's just obvious. So I try to... Think about the business decisions and the stuff we're doing. Yeah, it's all just cap it off with this. I had a um, a vendor give me a notepad and it says, P or peace, joy, profit. Which one comes first is up to you. Mm. Oh wow. Nice. And just sort of think about it in that sense. Like, yeah, you need all three, but put them in the order of most importance. I like that. Peace, joy, profit. Which one comes first is up to you. Yeah, that's yeah. that's, that's <laughs> I like that a lot. So last question for you. If you were to write, uh, you know, a, a biography, what would the title of the book be? Oh, boy, that that is a tough question. I don't know. My favorite term that I use is cowboy. cowboy. No matter who I'm talking to, engineers, other business. Hey, cowboy. You know, the purchasers is like, hey, if you want to cowboy this aspect of it, we can do it like this. Oh, wow. You won't have a print that says how many tolerances, but it will work with the other components. And that's what matters. You know, it's sort of like, or like, hey, you need a solution in four days. Okay, we'll skip these certain processes. Mm-hmm. We're going to cowboy it. But, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I don't wear cowboy hats or anything right. like that. So I can't, yeah. But I don't know. So that's what it would be called? Inventor cowboy. Cowboy, cowboy. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough one. Uh, that's good. She's known for that. Cowboy in it? No. (laughs) (laughs) Tough tough question. (laughs) Excellent. We're going to wrap up with a, hopefully you would think is fun, word association. I'll give you a word. You come back with one word. but it Or two. No, one. All right. uh, (laughs) But it's it's your answer, so there's no wrong answer. So, Hmm. leader. Team. 
Beverage. Thirsty. Wichita. Home. Failure. I got I got to come up with a two-word one. I'll try again. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> I like that. Uh, the chamber. Community. Family. Um, laughter. Vacation. Someday. <laughs> <laughs> Entrepreneurship. That's for sure. That's not the word, though. Uh, and last one is fun. Family. Very nice. Truly appreciate you being here, my man. Ethan, it's been a joy having you here, learning about your story and how you're contributing to the uh, greater Wichita region and to the world, actually, with your yeah. product. And I appreciate all of uh, your ingenuity and your ability to find solutions to problems that I frankly didn't even know was a problem. Right. You know, so that's pretty, <laughs> pretty awesome. So thank you for being here. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Ebony. And, uh, Thanks for Avergy in the chamber. Yeah. And uh, it's been a joy. No, this is fun. He got all the plugs in. We'll have you back back again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, friends, that's our time for today's session. I appreciate you tuning in and listening to this wonderful podcast. Please make sure that you subscribe, that you like us, that you leave a comment um, letting us know how we're doing and what you're enjoying and maybe who you want to see up next on the next podcast. So make sure that you tune in again next week and we'll talk with you soon. Peace. The Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator is brought to you by the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce and is powered by Evergy. Visit wichitachamber.org for a list of the area leaders we've interviewed for this series. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. Thank you for your support of small businesses. If you are interested in learning more about small business investment, contact Angie Elliott at A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T at wichitachamber.org.